This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to this May 10th edition of Invest Talk. We're trying to help you answer the question how can I do better than just average? And I'm glad you decided to invest this hour with me. We'll try to find the answers to that question. And as I write in my book, Above Average Investing for the Average Investor, an average person with an interest in the market can turn that interest into a high probability of making money in stocks. It's not rocket science. In fact, it's not a science at all. Instead, it's merely owning something of value with a possibility of growing that value. That's what it is. You own something of value, a stock. You're owning that company. And you're looking for those companies that can grow the value of that stock. That means they have to earn more money. That means they have to pay a higher dividend. they got to do something to make it worth more. Now, we depend on your questions to help with our topics on and keep us on track for this hour every day. Right now, let's see if we can answer a money question that came in before today's program on our 24-hour listener line, 888-99-CHART. Hi, my name is Philippe from San Jose. I'm about to retire here in a few weeks. And I was wondering if you guys would suggest to keep my 401k that I have through my work, keep it where it's at, or if it's better to maybe roll it over into an IRA. Looking forward to your answer. Thanks. Almost all the time, I would rather see someone roll it over into an IRA. It's rare that I don't suggest that because you are opening yourself up to a lot more variety of investments. If you want to be conservative, you can buy actual bonds. You can buy any kinds of bonds. You don't have to just buy the funds that they offer in your 401k, which is most of the time all they offer is mutual funds. So I like the uh, rolling over any old 401k into an IRA because of the freedom it gives you. It's that simple. Uh, there's no like additional costs or anything. Um, 401ks are fine, but there's no reason to keep them where they are if you don't have to. Good question. Appreciate it. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. So what's on your mind? What do you want to talk about this hour? We're here Monday through Friday, 4 to 5 Pacific time. Monday through Friday, we're live. So what are, what's your interest in today? I mean, we have lots of topics I want to get to. So the market is up for the sixth day in a row today. Are you still? Are, are, are we still in a correction mode? Are we? Now, I talked about that earlier this week. So how long do corrections typically last? With all the volatility in the air, people are wondering exactly when is it going to end? And like I've said, nobody really knows. Anyone can speculate, of course. And there's you know averages that I talked about yesterday, how long an average correction lasts and when it recovers. But no one really knows what the stock market correction will begin, when it end. It's just it's just unknowable, and they don't know. You know, if someone thinks they know, they base it on history. I and I I look at history all the time, and I do believe that history repeats itself. But it's not. It's just a probability that it will happen. If you're looking at history, because it's a pattern that has established and probably will repeat, but they don't have to. Now, Sean Williams, who writes for Monthly Fool, points out that all we can do is look back at history. We have a mountain of data back there 
And that's what I've been using. According to a market analytics firm, there have been 36 corrections in the S&P 500 uh, since 1950 of at least 10%, or about one every two years. Yet in each and every instance, save for the current correction, a bull market rally has eventually erased in entirely of the, the decline of the decline. The question is, how long do these corrections typically last? Now, altogether, the S&P 500 has spent 7,040 days declining in corrections since 1950. Given that there have been 36 corrections, the average correction time is about 196 calendar days over the past 68 years. Cumulative, the S&P 500 has spent 7,040 days declining in corrections since 1950. Given that there have been 36 corrections, the average correction time is about 196 calendar days over the past 68 years. So what does that mean going forward? I have other statistics when, talking, when it comes to mid-year mid, uh, mid elections about corrections, trying to refine it even further. So what does this tell us? How can we use it? Can we use it? What do you think? Well, I think you can only use it in context of, well, what has happened in the same kind of environment before. Because if you have a correction in a weakening economy versus having a correction in a, strong, a strengthening economy, isn't that going to be different? If you have a correction where interest rates are rising, where interest rates are falling, the correction might be different. It's not that simple. I wish it was. Just look at the history and say, plug in the numbers and say, there you go. It isn't that simple. Now, do you have questions or comments about today's market events? Give me a call. 888-99-CHART. Okay, today let's look at the list of topics that we have up for discussion. Okay, it's now Thursday, so let's, you know, in the, and the, we've had, what, four days in a row that the market's up and up? And we're going to talk about today, investing for your children. That's going to be our main talking about, investing for your children. You know, we, we need to discuss that at length because investing for your children can mean very many different things. I'm not talking about college savings plans. I'm really not. I'm talking about longer term. Also, uh, U.S. stocks tend to rally in mid-election years. Remember, I just gave you the correction. We're in, still in that correction. I gave you the history. But in mid-election years, that's where we are, 2018, markets tend to rally. But don't get too excited. They tend to rally from a bottom. We'll have to talk about the bottom. Uh, you know what CapEx is? CapEx spending? Well, we're going to talk about that and what's going on right now. Something we've been looking for the for quite some time. CapEx spending. And we're going to have a reality check. Are you a financial adult? What do financial adults do? and what you should be doing. Those are going to be the talking points today. Of course, whatever you want to talk about is going to be the primary driver of the show. The uh, stock market was up. The Dow was up 197. The, the Nasdaq was up 65. And the S&P was up 26 points. So was that four days in a row? We're still in the correction pa pattern, though. Don't think we're even, you know, well, this is what we had. Before these four days, the market fell right close, really close to its low, bounced up again. And it's been doing that since the low made, what, in late 
February. The market started to fall uh, in January, bottomed in February, I believe. And then moved up, down, up, down, up, down, sideways. Higher, lower highs and higher lows. And that's where we are today. Now, to talk about volatility and correction, here's something to put into perspective. J.P. Morgan Asset Management Company found that investors who had held throughout the entirety of the 20-year period, which includes both the dot-com crash and the Great Recession, gained an average of 9.9% per year. 9.9. So if you held through the dot-com fall for 20 years now, remember, that would be 1997, if you had a great run-up in 1998-1999, right, spectacular run-up, then a pretty big heavy fall from the dot-com crash, then another run-up from that, then another big fall in the financial crisis, then another run-up from that, you would average 9.9% if you just stayed the course. This is Invest Talk, everybody. I'm financial advisor Steve Peasley. That number is 888-99-CHART. You get through right now. talk continues if one of your financial goals is to fund your child's college education you'll probably want to open a 529 plan to reap the potential tax benefits too if you want to know more that may be one of the things you want to talk about now on invest talk our number 888-99 chart 888-992-4278 let's talk to uh let's talk to alan san francisco how you doing alan I'm good, Steve. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you. Um, so I had a question about Disney. I have a pretty significant um, position in it, but, you know, just being a great company as is, and even though they reported great earnings um, in the quarter, the stock hasn't really done anything. I'm wondering your take on if I should hold by. Yeah, you definitely hold on to it. You definitely hold it, uh, Alan. Disney, everybody. Walt Disney Company operates theme parks and resorts, uh, produces filmed entertainment, and licenses, publishes, sells toys, books. Etc. They had a blowout earnings. I mean, they really, really were impressive. And not just in the movie division, all division. And I say not just in the movie division because, you know, they had, they did, they made the Black Panther movies. And, you know, they, they just had a blowout year. And the stock did pretty much nothing. Didn't care. Now, today it was up. It's nice it was up today. It was up uh, 1.7% today. But it's Disney is a $101 stock. The, the, the P-E ratio is around 16. It's going to be below 15 next year if it doesn't move. And the five-year range low is 15 to 24. Turn equity is 21%. Not very much debt. Uh, pays not a good dividend, 1.7%. It's a $152 billion company. And I say, yeah, you hold on to the stock because it is unex- it's pretty inexpensive. Pretty inexpensive um, compared to its growth of its earnings and sales. I mean, I, I you know, for a $152 billion company, sales grew about 9% in the most recent quarter. I, I see no reason why it won't... Now, go right back up at least to its $112 price. I think it's worth more than that. I think it's probably closer to about $120 to $125 value. So I, I see no reason to sell it. You're not going to be a huge grower. 
but the company itself is super solid. It's a blue chip company, one you just hold on to. Disney, DIS. 888-99 chart, 888-992-4270. It's time for Invest Talk 101. Buying real estate is a sound investment, and having a partner in doing so can be either a problem or a boon. Here are some of the pros and cons of real estate ownership. The advantage, more financial support and financial opportunities. Opportunity to diversify with your money, diversify away from stocks and bonds and into real estate. With a partner, you get to share risks, share responsibilities, share workload, share costs, problems, unfair workload. Your partner doesn't do half the work that you do. Delays in decision making because you got to get agreement. What if you have a different goal, a different timeline, different? You got to really care, be careful. Getting profits. How about partner inflating costs when they're not there? It complicates your tax situation. And, of course, legal problems could develop. So there's some cons and as well as pros. If you'd like to talk about real estate, why not get why not get a, you know, an in-house licensed real estate consultant on your side? Justin Klein, he is. He can help you. I can help you. But I'm not a licensed real estate agent. He is. Just go to investtalk.com and click on Got a Question. And that's Investtalk 101. If you need some help with any of this, we're here for you. 888-99-CHART is our hotline for Invest Talk. 888-992-4278. We're going to talk, you know, I don't know if you've been paying attention to, to the inflation numbers this week. Inflation numbers came out this week. We have no inflation. And I'm speculating that maybe that's why the Fed didn't raise rates. We have no inflation. Remember they met last week and they left the rates alone? Mind you, they are still on a rate-raising uh, bias. It's probably going to go up. They'll probably raise it next time. Remember, we need you to put the talk in Invest Talk. I'm ready for any money questions. Long, long, any questions all along as they're financial, I'm okay with it. We can talk about life insurance if you like. Living trusts, how to take out your retirement portfolio retirement. What, how much money should you take out on a monthly basis in retirement or an annual basis? Check in now at 888 99Chart. Invest Talk continues on a service of KPP Financial. If you have a question about any of the investment programs from KPP, send a note to Steve or Justin. Just go to investtalk.com and click on Got a Question? Using the phone, you can get through right now with any money question at 888 99Chart. 888 992 4278. How you doing, Mike? Mike in San Jose. How's it going? Good, thank you, Steve. I was hoping you'd give me an opinion on this small company, RKDA. RKDA. You want to buy it? Yes, it's uh, it's just got okay. some funding from an outside private investor, uh, debt free, a small cap, like really okay, this small cap. This. Yeah, this is a micro cap. This is really tiny. It's a $17 million company. I mean, you, talk, you can't get much smaller than that. Arcadia Bioscience, Inc. Uh, and I can tell you right now, I, I wouldn't buy it with Monopoly money because it doesn't make any money. It's lose, it's gonna, it lost $7.28 a share last year. It's lost every money every year. It develops crop yield traits utilized by partners to produce high 
higher yielding seeds. Okay, so it's in the food, bioscience, food, seeds, bioscience field. Uh, its sales were last quarter were two hundred thousand dollars. It's it's yeah. Mike, if you're willing, it's a eight dollar and five cent stock. Mike, if you're willing to lose all your investment and you're not too concerned about losing the money, then you can invest it because it is possible that it could go right back up to fifty five sixty dollars a share, which it was not that long ago. Okay, yeah. but it it is super high speculation, super high. It's like it's a gamble. I mean, it's a pure gamble on whether it will do that. Because it has no sales. I mean, very little sales. It has makes no money. So it's all about a, a, a story that is spinning that it's going to do well in the future. And maybe the story will come true. But my experience is most of those stories never come true. Okay. I wonder why something like that would go up to fifty dollars and down to eight dollars. Just crazy. Because someone was pumping the stock by whatever story it was spinning. They must have said that they had some great development in their bioscience seeds. They are trying to produce ten times more crops with just one seed. Some kind of story that made everybody get all excited. And it looks like the story is now fading, right? Because now it's eight dollar stock from sixty dollar stock. So it's all it is, Mike. Story stock. Story. We call these story well, stocks. Someone's pumping and dumping. I would avoid right, it. No. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate the call. Thank. Thank you. Yeah, you gotta watch out. People pump and dump stocks. People, you know, the company hires a PR firm. And the PR firm is paid in stock, not cash, because they don't have any money. And then all of a sudden, the stock takes off because the PR firm pumps the stock out there. And as the stock rises, they sell their shares. It's a bunch of people sell their shares. Pump and dump. Now, they're not lying. They may have a good story. So they're not doing anything illegal. If they're lying, that's a whole other different matter. But many of these are not lying. They're just telling you a story that doesn't turn out to be true. And that symbol is uh, RKDA. You don't have to remember it, though, because I don't want you to buy it. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Okay, should you be investing for your children? Now, one of the best, you know, I have a very good friend in, uh, in Boston, and they are fairly well off, and they have two children, two adult children now. And they're trying to figure out a way to transfer their wealth to their children. You know you can give gifts to your children every year. You can give a gift to somebody for a certain amount without any tax consequence every year. Now, if you're talking about adult children, that's one way you can transfer wealth to them. If you're talking about younger children, there's a, there's a Uniform Gift to Minors Act, an UTMA, UTMA uh, that you can use to invest money for them, okay? So there's, they can use that kind of gift. Someone asked me if, uh, can I open up a Roth for my two-year-old and open up a Roth IRA or a regular IRA? And the answer was no. You can't, a, a, a child has to have earned income to have an IRA. You have to have earned income to do that. To, 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 they have, a, a, you can, contribute all up to their amount of earned income for the year, but that's probably when they're 16. 
So there's uh, things you can do for your children. Of course, one of the most common is, you know, a college education program, 529 program, in which you can put like seventeen, eighteen thousand dollars $18,000 a year for college. There's also a Coverdale, I think they still exist. You can put up to like $2,000 a year for higher education, not just accredited college, but other education. So there's those kinds of things. But I think the best thing you can do for your children is teach them about money. Teach them how it works, how to save. Compelling them how good it is to just constantly put away money and let it work for you. That is the best gift you can give children, not just money. So what's coming up next on Invest Talk? Index funds versus ETFs. That will be one of the topics on Friday's show tomorrow, Friday's Invest Talk. We're here to answer your questions on any money topic you may have. You can call me right now at 888-99-CHART. That's 888-992-4278. Our podcast continues, but first, a reminder about our upcoming webinar. There are two tools that serious investors can't do without. Fundamental and technical analysis. We get a lot of calls from people who want to know how to analyze companies. These two techniques kind of help you look under the hood. There's competitors, there's positions in the industry, revenues, income. But you can't analyze stocks with fundamental analysis alone. Shorter term traders rely heavily on technical analysis. That shows patterns. There are trend lines and, and, and moving averages. It's not as complicated as it looks. It really isn't. Join Talks, Steve Peasley and Justin Klein for this free live webinar Wednesday, May 30th at 6.30 p.m. Pacific time. So we're going to pack a lot on this webinar. I hope you can join us. It's May 30th and it's free using fundamental and technical analysis to take your investing to the next level. All you do is register. Just go to investtalk.com. That's investtalk with two T's and investtalk.com and click on the investtalk tab. This is Invest Talk. Don't save your questions. Spend it right now. Talk to Steve. The anytime number is 888-99-CHART. Yes, this is Tom in Kentucky. I was wondering about Clorox CLX. It's uh, close to its 52-week low. I was just wondering what you thought about it or what you think a good entry point is. Thank you. Now, I don't know if you noticed, but a number of big, big blue chip type stocks have fallen and are becoming much better values because earnings are going up. The stock prices have been falling. And now this is in certain sectors, of course, not everywhere. But uh, Clorox is a big blue chip company, a $15 billion company. Manufactures clean products, trash bags, water filtration systems, and food items. Seems kind of weird, huh? Food items when you add into uh, cleaning products and trash bags. Anyways, uh, they're going to make $6.19 this year after making $5.35 last year. Next year, it's $6.39, so it's a $120 stock. Okay, so you're talking about, what, a 20 PE? And the five-year average is 19 to 28. So it's getting close to its lower end. Return on equity is a very healthy 168%. That's huge, huge. It pays 3.2% dividend. It will continue to pay 3.2% dividend, and it increases dividend as it's done for quite some time. 
It has dropped to about $115 a share here at the end of April. Today is $120, so it's coming off that bottom. Uh, it, it, that, I think that is the bottom that it's putting in. I think that's where, the, you know, I don't know if it'll drop below that. But it seems like a good solid bottom. It would be a double bottom. If you go back to 2016, that's where the price dropped. And then now, here recently, it dropped. So it's a long-term double bottom. And the top is $150 a share. So, and that was made last year, 2017. So I think this is a good buy point. Really, and I think now's the time to buy it. It broke above its 20-day moving average three or four days ago. It's holding there. I'm, I'm, I'm liking it at this price. Now, this is one of those blue-chip stocks you just hold on to and you enjoy the dividend. It's not going to have huge growth. It is growing 1% to 4% every quarter in sales, but that's about all you're going to get out of it. So it's a blue-chip company that you like to hold for the dividend. Clorox, C-L-X is the symbol, Clorox. C L X. Okay. U.S. stocks trend to rally, tend to rally in mid-election years, like 2018. We've, we've, we're, in, we're still in the correction. And this is very interesting, historical. Remember, I, I, at the top of the show, we were talking about historical trends, like how long does a, how long does a uh, correction last? You know, how long does it take for it to re recoup all the losses? Well, historically, the S&P has a strong tendency to drop about 20% from the mid-election year high to the low. 20%. We've only dropped about, what, from the high to the low. I think it was S&P, here it is, 11.8%. That Dow Jones, 12.9%. And the NASDAQ, 12%. Okay. The average S&P loss over the past five cycles was about 18.4%. But there was the 2002 loss. Now, we're talking about the midterm election cycles. The, mid, the 2002 kind of distorted this because that dropped almost 35%. Remember, that's after the dot-com crash. But if you take that one out, the average is 14.4%. And I just told you it's falling about 12%. So it's close to what that average fall is. Now, here's where it gets pretty interesting to me. In the mid-year low, and this is 2018, this is the mid-year election low, okay? I can't tell you if it is a low, but we have a low. I don't know if it's the low, though. After the low, whatever it is, whether we've already had it or we're going to go down more, after that low, the S&P has a tendency to rally strongly. Well, how strongly does it have? What is it? What's the average? The last five midterm cycle lows, the average rally from the low was 36.8%. Now, 36.8%. This is for the S&P 500, by the way. Okay, for the S&P 500 right now, that means 2,532. That's where it would go by two, to the 2019 high. It would go to 3,465. <laughs> now, so, so based on this pattern, it makes a lot of sense to buy the 2018 low, this year's midterm rally low. Now, the big question. Have we had that low? See, that's where no one really knows. 
once we get the low, the odds are pretty high in your favor. There's going to be a big rally from that low. And it is possible that we've already seen the low. But it is possible that we haven't seen it yet either. But this tells you, this gives you a hint of how difficult it is to, to try to time the market. It's almost impossible. How do you know if there's a low in or not? I don't know. Well, I would tell you this. I think it's time to look for your bargains and pick your spots and buy things because it could be the low. Maybe not. And let's say it goes down 10 more percent. I'm going to say the same thing. Buy more. Because that's probably the, the low. And you're going to have a strong rally from it. Now, if you sell that next down strike, you, you're, going to, you're going to miss out on the rally that follows, whenever that follows. You just miss out because you just don't know how and when to get back in. So don't, so don't panic out. Don't panic in. Just you buy good, solid companies at good, fair prices. That's what you can do. Now, if you made a pack with yourself this year to review your entire retirement portfolio, I have a date for you. It's June 6th in San Jose. You may have stocks or funds that need some tending to. Maybe they need to go and uh, maybe they don't. Maybe you need to replace them. Maybe not. Let's take a look. Maybe, about, maybe your portfolio needs just to be rebalanced. It's some risk adjustments. That's all. I'd be happy to help you with it, sort out things. My next visit, San Jose, for portfolio reviews will be on June 6th. You can get on my schedule for that date. Or we can do it again by phone if you want. We can do it by Skype if you want. Or you can do it with Justin or myself. To get your time set, just go to investtalk.com and click on the Invest Talk tab and then Portfolio Review. Managing multiple mutual funds, researching professional services, where to put your savings. If it's about money and if it's important to you, we want to know more about it. We're here for you. 888-99-CHART is how to reach Steve or Justin right now on Invest Talk. Hi, Steve or Justin. This is Jim from Sarasota. The stock I'd like your opinion on is Genworth Financial, GNW. It's a 100-year-old long-term care mortgage and life insurance company. They got in trouble with their long-term care business where costs exceeded their premiums, and the stock values come down to about $2.80 a share. They were bought by China Oceanwide, a Chinese company, for $5.43 a share, but it's subject to U.S. regulatory approval. I think they're a good value whether or not the deal goes through. Should make a dollar per share this year and a dollar per share next year. So I'm looking for your opinion on whether I should invest. Thank you. Okay, Glenworth Financial Inc. It is a $1.5 billion company, small cap. Offers life and long-term care insurance, annuities, and mortgage insurance in 25 countries. Not states, countries. Um, you're correct. It's going to make about a dollar a share both this year and next year after making a dollar thirty-nine in 2017, losing $0.63 cents a share in 2016, making $0.51 cents a share in 2014, losing $0.80 cents a share in 2000. See, so you can see it's very erratic in its earnings. And sales have been falling uh, 3% in the most current quarter, which is not too bad, 23% the quarter before that, rising 3% the quarter before that, 
falling 1% to quarter before that, rising 22% to quarter before that. So the earnings and sales both have been very erratic. And that's why the stock is selling for $3.08. Okay. Um, if someone bought it out or, you know, if, let's see, offered $450 million at $650 million, no, no. I don't see that buyout anywhere in the notes. That doesn't mean it's not happening. I just don't have it in front of me. Uh, the PE is extremely low. We're talking about, what, a 3 PE? So that, that from a PE point of view, it looks really cheap. But let me, I will warn you, just as a general warning, uh, PEs can get very, very low when a company, when a company will, then will actually go out of business. So don't, don't think just because it's a low PE, it's a great bargain. It, that, that's called a value trap. I'm sure you've heard that term on, on this show before. It's a value trap. Now, is this a value trap? It's only a value trap, but what's the debt look like? The debt is not nearly as bad as it could be, and it has a very good, very good uh, cash flow, but the return on equity is only 5%, which is very, very low. So this is a, a sick company. It has problems. Uh, it, it bottomed around, what, $2.50, $2.70? And now it's at three dollars and eight cents. It was as far as high as four dollars back in last September. So it's got big problems. So this is a very high risk possibility, very high risk. So you can put a little bit of money in it as a gambling, as super risky, but don't put any money in it that you cannot afford to lose. So don't. This is too risky. So put very little money in it, if at all. I would not. Too risky for me. GNW is a symbol. GN is an anti W. 888.99 chart. What's CapEx? Why is CapEx spending so important? Well, first of all, capital expenditures is what CapEx stands for. Capital expenditures. And we've been waiting for it, waiting for it, waiting for it, for corporations to spend some of their money. Instead of cutting, uh, getting getting profits through cost cutting, and and uh, and growing their profits through that that method of cost cutting and, and just squeezing every dime, they need to spend money, spend money uh, on their own business to grow it. Now, with the corporate tax windfall just recently. CapEx spending by large corporations during the first quarter, this most recent first quarter, skyrocketed. Skyrocketed. And analysts think that that's going to, be, that's going to persist. What's skyrocketing? What does that mean? Well, how about 24% year-over-year -year growth for the first quarter? 24% growth of CapEx spending. And they think that that's going to be more. Now, that growth rate is three times faster than, in, than the past quarter. So it's really taken off. Until recently, it was the old economy that was spending money on, on, uh, on their own company. The old, old economy. However, who spent the most was big tech. They increased spending on their own companies 75% year over year. I'm talking about Google and Apple and Amazon reinvesting in their own companies. 
And this was, a lot of this was the impetus from, because of the tax cuts, right? This bodes very well for profitability. Now I'm going to tell you the, the downside. Historically, when companies spend a ton of money on, uh, on, on expenditures for their own corporations, their stock price the following year doesn't really work very well. It doesn't stock price for those companies spending a ton of money, much more than normal, the following year doesn't see the reason being because it doesn't immediately turn into profits. It takes a while. So the following year, so if you say, well, I'm going to buy Google or some of the other ones because of the capital expenditures, the two super increase in capital expenditures, doesn't translate into higher profits and the stock price does not go up because of cap, capital expenditure, cap expended. It might go up for other reasons, just simple organic growth or whatever, but it won't go up just because they spend a lot more money in, on uh, their company. So don't get excited if you find a company, oh, they spend a lot of money upgrading their system and stuff. That doesn't necessarily translate in, within the next year into higher stock prices. It's never simple, is it? It just isn't. I wish it was, but it's not. It takes a lot of effort to try to understand what's going on. 888-99-CHARTER is my number. 888-992-4278. We're moving into the last part of the hour. So you still have time to call everybody. And the number is 888-992-4278. When we come back, we're going to do a reality check on your financial on your finances. Are you a financial adult in what you're doing? Or are you still a teenager in how you handle money? Okay, that's going to be next. What did you say, Harry? I'm sorry, I missed that. Okay, apparently we're going to a voicemail. I'm sorry, I didn't know that. 888-99-CHART. Here's a call that came in earlier. Hi, this question is for Steve and Justin. I'm looking at stock symbol HP, Heimlich and Payne. Want to get your take on the, the industry for oil wheel drilling? Thanks. Well, because the oil prices have really done very well, the drillers, of course, are getting uh, benefited from that. And Hamrick and Payne, HP, is a pretty big oil driller, $7.5 billion. Sales are increasing 40 50% in the last four quarters, quarter over quarter over quarter. And the stock price, they're going to make $1.21. It's a $69 stock. It's still very expensive. It does not attract me at that price. Too, too expensive. Invest Talk is all about answers, but we do need your questions. If you have one, give me a call. Love to talk to you. Check in now, 888 chart. We have just a few minutes left on this Thursday afternoon, so join in the discussion. Let's get back to your calls on Invest Talk for this Thursday, May 10th. Taxes, trading costs, expense ratios, the decision about whether to choose a traditional index fund or an ETF depends on the investor. Index funds versus ETFs. That's next time. You have a question for Steve right now. 888-99-CHART is how to reach him on Invest Talk. 888-992-4278. So, okay. Are you a financial adult? What does a financial adult do? They are proactive in saving money. 
saving and investing for their own retirement. Are you doing that? If you're not, you're still the child spending money willy-nilly. You've got to think about your future. Do you spend thoughtfully? Or do you just buy whatever comes to mind? You put it on your credit card. You don't. If you, you have to think about your spending. Do you do it carefully? Do you, do, do you, do you look adversity in the face instead of trying to cower from it? Every one of us in our lives, if you've been around for any length of time, you've had problems, financial problems, personal problems. Everybody has problems. And if it's financial problem, you just don't say, oh, I give up. You face it. You do what needs to be done. You take care of the problem. And finally, if you don't know what you're doing, are you smart enough to ask somebody, somebody who has dead through the problems that you're having or someone who knows who's been more successful than you or even if you ask an expert like myself don't be afraid to ask somebody you don't have to pay them necessarily that's not that's not the point the point is if you if are you smart enough to recognize your own ignorance and then you know to me i i learned this long ago you don't have to be the smartest person in the world you just have to know when to be smart enough to know when to ask somebody else who are smarter than you. Who's a smarter person? The person who, who asks someone who is smarter than them or the person who thinks they know it all? Because no one knows it all. No one. So don't be afraid to ask somebody. That's how you tell if you're an adult, okay? Financial adult. Now let's get back to our 24-hour listener line, pick up another question. 888-99-CHART is our anytime number. Hi, this is Chris from St. Louis. I was calling to find out what you thought about L Brands. It seems like it's putting in a double bottom. has a decent dividend. I've read mixed, I guess, reviews on it. and just wondered if you thought it was a value trap or a value buy. Thanks a lot. Well, is it, I don't think it's a value trap. Uh, L Brands is uh, operates 3,000 franchises, 813 specialty retail stores in U.S., Canada, and U.K. Justin likes this stock better than I do. I think it's just okay. Uh, but it is a very good value. They're going to make $3.33 next year. It's a $31 stock. And the ten-year, uh, the five-year average, the P.E. average is 10 to 27. So it's going to be below its five-year average by next year. It pays a 7.6% dividend, and that's the main reason why you buy it. Even though it is growing slowly, 5% or so its sales and 5% earnings, it is a really good value, very strong cash flow. Fundamentally, the company is very sound, and the management owns 17% of the company. So they're pretty focused. Meanwhile, the stock has now reached a new 52-week low. 52-week low. So I'm thinking I, this is about where it's going to bounce from, but I think you need to see some strength in it before you buy it. Let, let's wait till it puts in that low and starts to rise, maybe rise up above its 20-day moving average before you decide to buy it. Use some kind of rule before you buy it if you're going to buy it. Okay, that's L Brands, LB. Their most famous brand is, uh, is uh, Victoria's Secret, but they have other specialty stores, quite a few actually. LB, everybody. I'm sorry, say that again. 
Okay. Um, 888.99 chart. Uh, I wish we had more time. We just don't. What happened to the market today? Well, the market was up. Uh, and this was, what, the fifth day in a row, I think? Uh, 197 points on the Dow, 65 points on the NASDAQ, and 26 points on the S&P. Four or five days in a row. But don't get overexcited. Take a look at the chart. You'll see that this is not anything to be excited about. Not yet. Time to wrap it up, everybody. You can see more about today's talking point, investing for your children, right there on investtalk.com. And there's a link to our replay of today's program also right there. I'm financial advisor Steve Peasley. Justin Klein and I thank you for making this part of your day. And you know what? We're going to be here again tomorrow and do it again. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART. <laughs>